0: Oklahoma City. You're tuned in to the Good Trash Media Network Dead Center Film Festival Special Edition. Good Trash Media will be bringing you all the Dead Center coverage you could ever want. For more information, go to GoodTrashMedia.com They're talking about you, boy But you're still the same Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Good Trash Media's exclusive coverage of Dead Center 2016. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and I'm joined by...
1: I'm also your host, Alexander Bohannon of GoodTrashMedia.com.
0: That's right. Uh, we here at Good Trash Media are covering all sorts of awesome dead center stuff, and uh, one of the we have the pleasure today of talking to the star, one of the stars of Electric Nostalgia, M- ma'am. Could you introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, hey guys, my name is Lauren Inala, and I am an actor. Uh, in the film, I play Alexis
1: and Rachel.
0: That's right, multi roles. What's <laughs> up? What what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little hard. Very cool. A little hard. Just a little, I think, only a smidge. You don't have to learn. You have to
0: learn twice as many characters. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> uh, well, um, we we uh, had the privilege of being at the world premiere of Electric Nostalgia the other night, and it was a, it was a really great experience. And we were we were real bummed to see that that Lauren uh, you couldn't make it because you're off doing some really uh, you know kick-ass awesome projects out in Los Angeles. Um, but we still want to talk to you because you, I mean, just that you're such a crucial part of the project kind of want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, how you, you heard about the role and what was your kind of reaction upon kind of either, you know, auditioning or getting a to look at the script.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again for having me on, I follow good trash on all social media platforms. So this, this is very yay, exciting. Yeah, of course. Um, I basically, I, uh, I'm rep by Magna Talent in Oklahoma and I was just, perusing their website one day and they had a, um, open casting call for a feature. Um, what was weird was they went, the production company behind it wouldn't release sides for the audition. They just said to show up, which is like, I, a lot of people I talked to were super nervous to do. And I was like, fine with it. Cause I was like, there's no pressure. So, um, uh, yeah. So I, I showed up to, um, uh, the audition and it was, um, we got cold, we got to cold read some specific sides and, um, we didn't get much of the plot. We just kind of got a feel for Zach and Jacob and they were really cool. Um, I remember, (laughs) I remember I like personality wise melded with them really well, which is exciting. Uh, so I was just hoping like I got a call back. And when I did, I was really, really excited. Basically again, it was, um, we weren't allowed to have the script or any of the storyline. We just kind of got there early sat and talked with Jacob and went over a little bit of this story, still kind of keeping it secret. Uh, it, it was, it was, um, an amazing experience because then when we got into the audition room, we really got to play and just like improv, dramatic improv, which is any actor's dream. Uh, so yeah, that was basically, that was basically kind of how the audition process went down. And then, then when I finally got the script and realized I was playing, um, multiple roles I was a little taken back because I actually the the role I went in to get was um Paige Tudyk's role of um uh Rachel but um I didn't know I was going to be playing the robot that embodied her so uh
0: I was a little scared oh psych psych uh, you are you are playing Rachel sort Sort of of. (laughs)
2: right so like I I kind of got it but yeah
1: yeah. Isn't, aren't you credited as R- Rachel Alexis I was. or Rachel I was. Alexis? Yeah.
2: On IMDb, I think it's Rachel Alexis. And I didn't know how to tell people what that meant. Um, but I guess Za Zach and Jacob were speaking with me the other day and we're like, I think we're going to, um, I think we're going to go with Rachel and Alexis so we don't like mess anything up. But, uh, yeah, I was really actually really scared when um, Jacob called me cause I had really loved Paige's role of like um, <laughs> being a single person, like a singular entity was like <laughs> really like, it, I just like that character too. So when I found out that I got these two roles, I was excited, but like mortified at the same time.
0: So I'm just kind of curious, what was it you kind of approach when you had to do two different characters? Did, did you study, did you just kind of have to like imagine two different uh, characters in your head and, and, and like when you went into the set did you get you know have to, to swap swap back and forth being in two different bodies I mean how did that sure? How did that work? yeah
2: I uh I actually come from a Meisner background um uh acting wise through Atlantic Theater Company and it's basically a lot of being in the moment so it's kind of like the antithesis of method acting uh, when I sat down with Jacob, he was so generous with his time, and we actually got to sit down and and kind of develop each character so um he just really wanted me to know um uh all about his idea for how each character was developed, and I would bring question we met like maybe five times, and I'd bring questions in and we just sit and just rehash the script over and over. And so I feel very fortunate in getting to work with Jacob uh, Burns. And I think that anybody who's worked with him can see this, but he just donates so much time and passion and, and energy into his project. He, um, he uh, While on set, we had outlined, like I said, the characters, but he kept like a visual timeline for me that he had written down in a binder so I knew exactly the headspace, the moment um, of that each character was going through because we don't obviously shoot in car- chronological order. Uh, so, which is so unique because that's technically the actor's job and I had done that along in my script but I've got so much else going on uh, with wardrobe and makeup and hair and, and trying to act with people across from me that I sometimes would forget like where I was in terms of the storyline. So I think a lot of that has to do with Jacob and his generosity and just hard work in terms of keeping a visual timeline for me on set as to like, we're at this point in the story and uh, Rachel is now like, we're at this moment where her, her like ability to walk is maybe at, two thirds as opposed to like earlier in the scene where you had no ability to use your legs at all. So it was um, definitely really helpful on that end. And I I attribute a lot of, of being able to play the two characters to Jacob um, single-handedly like, (laughs) Walking me through the process.
0: It's really kind of great, to you guys, uh, to hear that you guys actually got a pretty decent amount of time to, to actually develop the yeah. character and how you were going to go about doing the the dual roles there. Talking a little bit about the wardrobe, you know, one one thing I didn't realize uh, with the whole black and white filming thing was uh, how you guys had to wear some very interesting <laughs> color palettes to, to match the tone. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about? Did you guys have any fun kind of stories or any fun uh, costumes you had to wear, or well, I guess outfits you had to yeah, wear? Yeah,
2: definitely. I uh, that was that was really fun because, <laughs> like I said, Jacob, the consummate professional professional wanted us to, um, do war- We were all responsible for our own wardrobe. So we brought our own, uh, closets. Like I think I brought about like 50 outfits, uh, to his home to try on. And all of us did this at various times and he'd take pictures of us in the wardrobe. So, uh, we were responsible. He made this huge, like nice little binder again and, uh, would be like day one, scene five and showed the wardrobe that we needed. What was crazy was uh, since it's black and white, we were more interested in um, just how it looked texture-wise and how the colors... It was so interesting because he'd put a black and white filter when we would stand in his house and and take potential wardrobe photos. uh, How just like textures of clothing really matter in black and white as opposed to... um, the color. So we'd have these like crazy, like clown looking outfits of colors that didn't even look alike, but they looked beautiful in black and white. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. Uh, I, I'm still amazed. I keep talking about this, but I'm still amazed even when I'm talking out loud about how, how much effort Jacob put into this film. Like it's, it's, it's remarkable to see such, um, hard work and passion at every every step of the process so that was that was pretty cool
0: yeah i mean two, uh, two years of development time i mean uh definitely a, a pretty yeah. huge commitment uh but you know again it, it, you know fortunately very fortunate i mean it all shines through uh, in, oh, in cool, every aspect cool. of the film are you're you a native from uh, oklahoma
2: i am i was born in washington but i grew up my whole life in oklahoma so technically yes i love oklahoma i miss oklahoma it's definitely uh different out in la but uh I'm really, I'm really stoked about how the film industry is just growing like dead center. I can't even, I, it's amazing to me when I see how far it's come in just such a short amount of time. Like it's amazing how much the community's growing.
0: Yeah. I just getting a lot of projects kind of coming through here has been really exciting process to to kind of watch and hear a lot about and, and hearing, you know, quality talent. And I'll, I'll be honest, um, of the, the two, I mean, I only got to see two of the locally produced Oklahoma films, um, uh, well, oh, just Nostalgia, I just got back from Heartland before I got on the line with you. And I, I mean, I, it's really cool that you get to remove that kind of asterisk of this is a great movie. For Oklahoma, like I was like, no, this is. I mean, like just the, the cinematic quality and the way it's composed, the acting. I mean, everything about the, both those films. I was like, oh my god, this is this is a great movie. Uh, so that's, that's really cool uh, to kind of get. To yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I know that the Bur- the Burnses and Vinnie Hogan, the other producer slash cast uh, catch all uh, man on the set, um, when they went to L.A. to talk with some people out there, they were surprised at the budget the film had because of how great it looks and the effects that it has and, um, just, just everything about it. And, and I think that, um, while the budget could have been a constraint, uh, at some points, I think that it probably helped in some ways, you know, like you getting creative about some stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, um, I'm still floored at how
2: much they were able to, create production design wise, just on, uh, Leland's Lair. I mean, I was like blown away each time I walked into that place. Uh, I, I definitely think that definitely helped. It just gave such like an indie spirit to the, to the production. And I think that, uh, I think it hasn't been put better that it's nice to finally see. And in, in films, I think, I think about two years ago, I started to stop saying this is a good film for Oklahoma. Like, it's just, it's amazing that, like, uh, the projects that are coming out of the state are are comparable to those that are coming out of L.A. Like, there are certain films that are being made in Oklahoma that you can get a studio to make out here. So that's really exciting.
0: What was it like, I mean, talking about, you know, how the film industry is growing Uh here, uh, there's not really a lot of genre film being made here. So what were you excited when, when you kind of figured out that this was going to be a very genre-heavy film after you read reading things like that? What, what was your reaction? I mean,
2: Yeah, yeah, it was very exciting because um, a lot of people, when I first explained it to them, were like, okay, black and white, Oklahoma, all right. Like a very esoteric taste. Um, but I was really... I, I don't think I knew it was going to be black and white until, goodness, like maybe... Two three months into the project, I, I don't think I had discussed it until we were just about to start filming, and I found out it was on a Canon 5D, and I immediately freaked out because I I love the movie Francis Ha, like that's probably up there on my top ten list of favorites, and it was in black and white, and it was shot on a Canon 5D, so I just my heart melted. Um, I definitely think that uh, <laughs> it, it just takes so much um, courage to like take on such a niche type film. But I think what's great about it is the story, um, it it lends itself to such escapism, making it so unique and so like particular in its own little world that I think it only adds to the escapism. And I mean, in this day and age, that's kind of what we all like to go to the movies for um, to escape from how crazy it is out in the world sometimes. So that's, that was it incredibly exciting for me.
0: Yeah, and I, one thing I, I really liked about it uh, was that it—it's a film set in Oklahoma, showcases the really cool. Look, despite being black and white, showcases a lot of the really beautiful locations in Oklahoma. But never once is it do they mention that this is set in Oklahoma City?
1: Yeah, I mean sometimes films coming out of here specifically, like um, you know, not to knock Heartland, the other feature that Caleb uh, had the opportunity to see, but it was definitely apparent, like it was discussed in the text of the film. This is set in Oklahoma, etc. And um, so whenever you have a piece that transcends, like kind of this. Like almost this character we've described on our uh, main show, The Good Trash genre cast, how place itself can become a character in a narrative text. So whenever we finally get past that for Oklahoma, that's really exciting to me because like people go to like like there are movies set in Chicago and L.A. and New York and stuff. And it's not a Chicago, L.A. or New York movie. Um, It's just a movie. But now we're finally getting there with Oklahoma movies, which is exciting. Yeah, that's,
2: I, uh, until you guys said that, I didn't even realize that's exactly what happened. Yeah, there's never once a mention of Oklahoma. You get to see cool. I love that because then most of my friends that I actually meet out here will be like, oh, you know, uh, in LA, they'll be like, where are you from? And I'll be like, Oklahoma. And they're like, be like, oh, you don't seem like you're from Oklahoma. So I was like, and I would be I would be surprised and I'd be like, What do you mean? And they're like, Well, just you know, like what I know of it. And I was like, So like films? And they're like, Yeah. So I um I I totally agree with that. That's so exciting to see that there's really it's starting to break away from Oklahoma being a tone of a film. Like, you know.
1: Yes. Definitely. Yes.
0: Well, and and again, it's certainly not to I don't I don't want to talk bad bad about any of the other films that have been made yeah, here. There have been no. some really great films that are where Oklahoma is a character, but it's really nice to see it's 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 you know a nice incentive for maybe like a, you know someone in a studio somewhere. Hey, we could film here with these really cool locations that wouldn't be quite as expensive. Right. And uh, I mean, it, I don't know, it's just it's a really exciting proposition. And and, and I think you guys at Electric Nostalgia are really say, setting the groundwork uh, yeah. for doing that type of work. And, so
1: and and some projects are being brought in like that for instance uh the newest Hellraiser mm-hmm. installment I mean I I mean it's not like <laughs> this is Oklahoma and Hellraiser. Yeah. Like this is, it's just a, a miscellaneous city, and this is a, a movie about Hellraiser type things. So, um I hope the tide is turning so that you know Oklahoma can be this hub of yeah. creativity, um and then and so we could you know bring you back and stuff. Yeah, we, we want you to come, come back. Obviously, <laughs> so this is our, our
0: ulterior motive is to get awesome actress uh, Laura Lauren to come to back nice. to us. Yes, that's
1: too nice. Thank you for saying that. I have to say your, I mean, your performance was extremely, extremely moving. Uh-huh. And I can only s- say that it must've been an entire, a huge <laughs> challenge to, um, way, like your role seemed very emotionally mm-hmm. heavy. And I can only imagine like this intense filming, you have to play three ish different characters at once. And then you then come like, yeah. Cause you have the yeah. third, uh, girl yeah. at the very end. And then, so, and you have to like enter and exit these mindsets and everyone's got different needs and wants and like love stories. Oh my God. It's just, uh, oh. I'm, I am <laughs> applauding you for for that, those perform- I that really performance. I really appreciate you gave. saying that, that, I mean, that means the world
2: to hear that, that, so I really do appreciate that. It was, um, definitely cathartic i've never been so tired in my life after anything i don't literally even after like working out i've never had such a workout before um it was it was definitely challenging i do have to give props to so much of my like emotional responses uh were due to the amazing actors like josh bonzi stephen goodman Paige tudyk um Jay Allen, Davidson, they, like, if they hadn't have given me so much, I wouldn't have been able to respond as well, um, as, as hopefully, or as, uh, as it shows. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I just feel so fortunate to have worked with such great talent, um, in front of and behind the camera. But yeah, that means so much. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Thank you for saying that.
0: We didn't really get to talk about this the other day the rest of the cast, did you – what was it like working with some of the special effects? Because I know in particular, your the, the visions your character had, I don't know if that was something that – that was like an impact to the way you performed, uh, kind of having to look at these like ghosts, you know, essentially that were walking yeah. around and you had to witness I'm I mean, glad what was you that noticed like? that because
2: um, I was so – I think that was the biggest thing for me was I'm a – I like – we had spoken about earlier, I'm a huge fan of like kind of mumblecore films where it's very nuanced and we're just watching people like get through like their daily life. And um, I, uh, I I was so, so worried that I was going to look too campy or like over the top at moments. So I was, I was really, really hoping that I was able to um, bring a bit of believability to the table in terms of just looking at, a door and pretending I see a faceless man or, or looking at poor Clint Kubat, who was in that, uh, that, um, masked figure face. He had to do that in like 110 degree heat, uh, Clint. And so, um, yeah, I felt like having him there was so, I was so appreciative. It was still a constant battle of me not being like, (laughs) too animated or over the top versus um, me. um, So I I really relied heavily on Jacob to like pinpoint whether or not I was overacting or whether or not I was being truthful. We would do like, uh, I'd say like 10 to 20 takes at a time of it, just to make sure I was hitting the right note. But uh, yeah, that was, that was definitely um, a challenge for sure. Um, But I think, I think from what I had seen from the rough cut, it, it played somewhat, palatably in terms of believability. So I was excited about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, One question that I think only you have experience with um, regarding special effects is the goo in the tub. Oh, yeah. So tell us about your experience being uh, uh, one of the Burns Brothers told me that was a koi pond that had like like a koi pond liner that had metal sheeting around it. Um, So tell me about your experience uh, rising out of the gelatin. We did that, I think two months
2: before production in Jacob's garage, they had done a little sheath of um, gelatin and they were like, we can only do this once. And so that made me super nervous because uh, (laughs) I'm like the queen of like (laughs) klutziness sometimes. So I was so afraid that I was going to do something that totally ruined our first attempt at it. And um, I think what was the most terrifying for me was the, um, like kind of claustrophobicness that came over me. Uh, I was worried at points I was going to like suffocate, but I didn't want to say anything to anybody because it was like, this is so cool. I can't, if I die doing this, fine. (laughs) They were so safe though and so protective of my feelings, but I just didn't want to be a baby about it. And um, yeah, so I would stay in there for four to seven minutes at a time and they'd lay the new gelatin and so I brought my, I actually brought my um, phone in there and would listen to Lana Del Rey on repeat because that was the only thing that would keep me calm because I love her. Yeah, it was great. So I would find, we finally perfected the way of how to come out of the gelatin. I had, um, I had, uh, Gosh, I had extensions at that time in my hair, and the glue from the extensions would get melded with the gelatin, and oh. I had to get them taken out. It was oh, terrible. No. But um, yeah, it was it was so fun. But it was it definitely made me appreciate open, wide spaces much more than before. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, but yeah, I, innovat- innovatively though, I, that was such a feat. Like I, I'm still so surprised how they came up with that idea i don't know if that was i can't remember if that was zach specifically or casey Crowdis, and um just that whole production team i think deserves such a standing ovation because they have just they took it to the next level
1: right yeah zach told me to ask you about uh, lana del rey um and that's probably why
2: I would actually try and sneak, when we had improv moments, I'd try and sneak Lana Del Rey references into the film because she's such an artistic inspiration to me that I I just had to give an homage to her in one way or another. I don't know if they made it in.
1: Have you actually seen a final cut of the film?
2: You know, I actually... Jacob came out here when he was... um, uh talking about the film with other people out here and I saw a rough cut without any music added by Vinny which I heard was amazing so I'm really excited to see that I haven't seen the final cut though I'm really I'm really sad I haven't seen a final cut none of the the lana references made it in i believe there might be one moment with um josh bonzi's character when i'm learning the ropes but i think jacob wanted to set that all to music so i think you can see me mouthing something like and i think i actually say lana del rey but i don't yeah <laughs> one of these no, days crazy. when i meet her i'm gonna tell her she's immortalized in electric nostalgia
1: <laughs> Yesterday, whenever we interviewed Roundtable with Kate and Paige, we were both talking about how you guys would um, meet <laughs> up and then try and. Uh, mimic each other's mannerisms yeah. that are natural to them in order to uh, make the body swapping seem more natural yeah. for everybody. So yeah, if you want to talk a little yeah. about that. Yeah, you cool. know, I
2: um, Jacob had originally f- been like, I think it'd be great if you guys got together. And I love that. I love making friends on film sets. I'm always like wanting to fall in love with friends fast. So I was just like, yes, we're meeting up. So we got together and um, we were trying to figure out the t- tap because Jacob oddly did not know this he is a drummer um and like has a lot of like really good rhythm uh I I do not I play the guitar but barely so I I got there um one of these times when we met up and We were trying so hard to copy Jacob's little tap that you see throughout the movie and like just could not get it at all. Neither could Paige. And Paige is very musical. It was just very, it was very difficult. Um, And I think Kate had a little bit of trouble with it. I think she was the best out of all of us. But I found out, I was listening to Amy Winehouse one day, and the tap literally synchronizes with the drum, like, bass line in You Know I'm No Good by Amy Winehouse. So it's like, guys, we got to play this and tap to it. So we try and do that all the time, and then um, we'd lose it, we'd have to play the song again, then try and tap. Um, yeah, I just think that that, that idea and, and just at spending so much time pre-production-wise with all of us, that Jacob kind of he didn't make it mandatory it was just ideas but the fact that everybody was so game to do it was so exciting and I think it added to um, uh, a lot of the film in the end which I I, is cool it's it's definitely a privilege because most films you just kind of get thrown in at the last second and everything's rushed and so it's definitely it was such a privilege and I think it's probably my favorite film experience I've
1: ever had thus far.
0: I know everyone else said it was like like going to a summer camp, summer camp. camp type of thing. And you, yeah. you kind of you bond with your friends like yeah. you are at summer camp. It which really, is really sounds great. like
1: because um, I did uh, theater for a really long time and it really does sound like, um, you know, that show high whenever you work on a show for a really long time and then it's over. You have this cast party and then you just get like really sad afterwards. It sounds like you had like the ultimate experience that way.
2: Yeah, you know, then that those theater families are like bonds for you, you like are like intimate so quick. And then it's
1: so hard when you have to separate what projects are you, you are is it only this financial uh boot camp type project that you're working on right now uh that
2: and i just i was fortunate enough to just recently wrap a um james franco film collaborative um ooh also, nice also big fr- big fan of lana del rey i might add uh wow <laughs> i,
0: I saw so i've heard
2: so basically it is an 1800s uh women's insane asylum uh that is uh it's overwrought with uh, kind of, <laughs> let's just say, not the nicest of, um, of higher-ups. Uh, it's basically um, two women's uh, attempt at breaking out of it, uh, late 1800s style. And uh, it, it's basically, it was a collaborative. We got to improvise and write out uh, this film with him uh, week after week. We spent about three months in pre-production and, and learning how to produce and, and create and do everything needed to do your own indie film later on, um, with him. And then we got to sit with writers once a week and, um, we just wrapped it like, I want to say about three weeks ago, it was, um, yeah, it was great. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was once again, um, one of those moments on set where everyone was like, just really it had, very indie spirited. Um, it, we had six different directors, we had six different writers, and then we had a cast of about 18 to 20. So it's, um, it has distribution through maker studios right now, but I think it's slated to come out 2017.
0: Very cool. What was the title of that? It's called
2: right now. It's tentatively called dark hours, uh, colon Roxanna, but I, it
1: may change here in the future.
0: Well, wow. I mean I was already sold at James Franco, but what you <laughs> just described sounds awesome. I'm
1: yeah. I'm all, I'm that all over that. Like great escape type movies. Yeah. Women led roles. It's
2: what's cool is yeah. he uh he did two at this time. He did and they're both based off of classic literature. So ours is based off of Roxana by William Defoe uh Daniel Defoe, excuse me. And the other one is uh based off of Taipei by Herman Melville. So it's um wow. it's really it's got some fun it's got some fun moments in it. And uh my uh my character is really fortunate to play it. something I've never attempted on screen before. So it's That's I'm really sick. excited. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So are you, do you get to, are you one of the leads or are you, um, like where, where do you fall I'm, in, in like the cast? I don't want to give anything away, but I'm technically,
2: technically, yeah, technically a lead. Yeah. Very, it was so surreal. I, I, um, I baked him a cookie with two of my friends one day. Uh,
0: you baked James <laughs> Franco a cookie?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, um.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm about to like pass out right now. This is amazing. Uh,
2: he's like the Renaissance man and he's so smart. He's like the most intelligent person I've, I've, I've come in contact with. He's just like, so he reads so much. He has great ideas. Um, but I went with three, four of my friends. We decided let's bake him a cookie, but let's bake it of his face and himself. So we did and we did the other writing teachers in the class and we made because he was very serious in class the only one we made with a grimace like just like a straight like not smiling face was his and weirdly the we like put him in a leather jacket and a white shirt and literally he showed up in that outfit the day we and he like did a little dance with it by uh by his face and he was like thank you so much he couldn't he couldn't eat it because he wasn't eating sugar because he was doing the disaster artist film but he was appreciative
1: and so kind and now I'm so embarrassed that I did that so
0: no that's awesome
1: no it doesn't matter he can like feed that to anyone else I just can't even right now like but yeah that's that's
2: basically that was basically my experience but it's um it's he he's definitely such a champion for independent film and students and I feel very fortunate to have gotten to work with him cuz he's he's got some really cool projects coming up.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I know for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I'm really excited. One thing that I always I'm really Appreciative of, especially James mm-hmm. Franco, um, and um, what's that one production company that has? uh total Vision yeah. And um, of like the Burns brothers and Vinny is that they want female led roles that aren't just like reveling in femaleness that like very much like a Ripley from yeah. Aliens kind of vibe where it's like it could be either either um, gender identity or whatever, and and that just like sets my feminist heart like. A Blaze with like warm me dewy too. feelings and... me
0: too that's cool that's that's an exciting time to be in la too so that i mean because that means hopefully you'll get more uh you know well written and you know roles are going to be available to yeah. to women um as well it's super super exciting
2: it's definitely it's definitely being championed for sure there are uh, a lot of um uh great new programs out here that I'm just hearing about that really champion not only um, women storytellers and, and actors, but um, uh, specifically directors. There are a lot of great new programs. I'm actually thinking about um, enrolling in one that's like really bringing about um, just kind of uh, more female directors and and women in film uh, behind the camera as well. So that's, that's even more exciting.
0: That, that that is exciting because uh, that i mean women roles i mean i just noticed like you know w- the women are starting to get better roles and there's only but there's still only a handful of like w- uh, known women uh, you know women directors so that's really yeah, really exciting definitely. um I, I i know i would love to see more <laughs> um so i asked the the cast at the end of the, inter- the interview yesterday you know, if you had to say one big takeaway or one, one thing that you thought was really special about uh, either, the, either the film, Electric Nostalgia, or your experience working on the film, like, what would be your, personally for you, your big takeaway?
2: Uh, personally, for me, let's see. That's such a good question. I would say, oh, gosh, I would just say the ability, it was so unique because I had the ability to jump and know that a net would just appear. And I think having just an interaction with a group of people that was so supportive and so um, uh, just—they uh, were all just like legends in in terms of how they treated one another and how they treated the art of acting and film production. Um, I just I my heart goes out to every single actor, extra, but PA, Jacob, Vinny, Zach. Casey Crowd is because there was never a moment where I I felt um, unsupported or or not safe. And I think that just being able to have a connection with other human beings, knowing that I can jump out and take a risk and someone's going to be there to catch me regardless is so invaluable. So I would say that it was just, I'd say the, the best thing about this project was getting to experience it with all these other amazing
0: artists. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Well, Alex, did you have any other uh, questions before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I just, uh, can I be your friend?
2: I guess Um, is my question. Can I be your guys' friend? Because I listen to your podcast and I follow you guys on social media and I am totally down for us all to be best friends and come out here and make films and come back to Oklahoma and make films.
0: Uh, Lauren, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you about electric nostalgia today, and and again, um, really bummed you, we couldn't catch you at the premiere. But uh, thank God for the, the the power of the internet, we're yeah. able to, to kind of talk to you guys and and hear about your your experience uh, on the side of the film. Um, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you today.
2: Thank you so much for asking me to be here. I've had like the best time. This is so fun. You guys are you guys are great.
0: Awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. We hope to have you maybe on more stuff uh, skyped in in the future. That's- I would love it. Please.
0: Do you do so- social media? I do. I do. Do you have a, so if people could find you on, on like Twitter, uh, where would they follow you at?
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at your girl. Anala. That's a N a L L a my last name. So that's my handle.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So ladies and gentlemen, if you want to catch uh, Lauren, go ahead and hit her up there. Um, but thank you so much for again, tuning into this, um, dead center, 2016 special. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to this special presentation from Good Trash Media. For more information on the Dead Center Film Festival, go to deadcenterfilm.org. For more information on the Good Trash Media Network and all of our family of shows, go to goodtrashmedia.com.